Hi everybody and welcome back to episode 3 of Netflix Let's Talk Yoga. Today I'm joined by Amy, uh, again all the way from Melbourne and it's a long one so grab yourself a cup of tea, uh, sit down, relax and listen to everything that we talk about. <clears throat> Amy's a very knowledgeable teacher so enjoy it. Hi, welcome on to welcome on to another episode of Netflix. Uh, Let's talk yoga. It's got such a good name. Thanks, my love. I've been I've been watching your previous ones. Mm, they're fun. They're just um, they're pretty chilled. It's just a chat, and uh, yeah, we have we have lots of things to talk about. So um, I have uh, I have written down some questions and some like a little bit of a flow for us to go through, but uh, we'll just really see what what comes up, what, uh, what you want to talk about and what you want to say. But uh, the first thing that I actually wrote down, which I actually was laughing when I wrote it, was uh, oh, I've gotten God. so used to seeing you on a screen. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten so used to seeing you on a screen. It's normally on my laptop. And then there's just like Jackson is just like in the background <laughs> doing some sort of... Uh, did some sort of yoga pose. So I, my first question was actually, where is Jackson? <laughs> I just feel like I just feel like he's always floating. Just on the. I know he's, he's just should be this constant little like he's my little minion. He'll he'll just kill me. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's just like in the corner. And it's funny because I was talking to uh, I was talking to Ash yesterday about uh, we were on our walk and uh, I was talking about coming to speak to you and stuff and. Uh, <laughs> I said, I, I wonder if Jackson fucking hates doing the core now, because uh, it's just like, I wonder how many times you've heard you say, inhale, exhale, come off your shoulder blades, and I wonder how much he absolutely hates it. In his head, he'd probably go in, why the hell have I signed up to do this every day? <laughs> I just feel like he's- I ask him, I ask him every day, I'm like, do you, do you not, do you, you don't have to do this class. He's like, no, I, I, I want to do the class. But um, I always ask him, I'm like, oh, did you watch my Instagram um, IGTV? He's like, I am sick of you. <laughs> He's like, I don't watch you on, I don't watch you on social media. I have enough of you in my life. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's him. Um, um, I was laughing so much at that. He, like, just the thought of that, just the thought of him being like, <laughs> like in his head and as well I always feel sorry for him because he's got to always uh, he's on the camera so he can't take a break like let's face it we all take a little break when we're doing core like sometimes you're like right another set and I'm like no 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 more sets but he can't do that he's got to he's got to just carry on pressure he's like, he, he has we, um, <laughs> we call it the boyfriends of Instagram mm. because we feel like he's kind of encouraging the men to get involved. Yes. Because, and that, that's, you know, and it's more than just that because um, you, you have to be really careful that students don't normally see you practice when you teach. Mm. And, and definitely not me. Usually I went, when I'm in the studio, um, I'm very... Uh, hands-on and um, I'm, I'm not on my mat much mm. and 
But then when you all of a sudden go online and you're having to practice and lead the class, um, a, a lot of people compare. <clears throat> they compare the way they move to how the teacher moves. Mm. Um, and, you know, they're, Jack, they're watching. Jackson's like the, he's like the, the real, the reality of, <laughs> of how people are moving. He's like, he's, he's for the people. Uh, and he's like making it the average, it more realistic. The average, the average dad. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because like people have to remember, like I, I was a ballerina for 10 years and I've been teaching for 10 years. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, why don't I look like you when I'm doing, um, not that I'm like that bendy anymore, but there's still definitely that whole question of, Oh, I can't, my dolphin doesn't look like that, or my heels don't get down, or mm. um, you know, my I can't extend my spine like that. So it's actually nice having it's really nice one me ha having a, a student. He's he's a real student of mine to 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 still practice with, um, and share that space with. Um, but yeah, he's definitely sick of me. And after we finish filming, I'm like, oh, how is that? Like, what would you feel? And, you know, because usually you rely on the energy and the feedback of students when they just come to your classes every week. They kind of come out and like, oh, that was blah, 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 X, Y, Z. And, you know, at the moment, I'm only really getting his feedback. Um, so that's, yeah. that's been really interesting. Mm. I would love to see his, um, we should go back to video one <clears throat> and look at his practice on video one and then look at his practice when you hit like video 100 and like put his two dolphins beside each other and see like how, how much he's changed his body. Because yeah, that's one thing that I know. Well, I mean, he, he, yeah, Sorry, he, has to, he has to, he, he edits all the, um, the, the classes before I upload them and he, I remember in the first couple of weeks, he was like, Jesus, look at my warrior three, like, look at my spine. It looks nothing like yours. And so we had to, you know, really break down. I was like, yeah, that's, that's what, that's what you look like. So do you understand? Like you've got to flex more at your hip and then extend more at your spine. And it's like, mm. okay. And, and that's why I, I think it's quite important for students to film themselves moving because mm. A lot of the time, if you if you aren't practicing in a studio that has mirrors, they have no idea what we just don't know what we we look like because mm. we only feel it. We don't, and of course, it's always important. The most important thing is how you feel, but you know you might think that you're getting extension in the spine, and then you see it, and you're like, "Oh shit, I'm actually mm. not." <laughs> yeah, it's, that's been that's been a huge thing for me that. Um, I totally agree that now that you're teaching online, um, there's just this, it's so different from, from teaching in person. And, and because you're, you're, I'm spending so much more time physically doing yoga because if I'm teaching 10, 11, 12 classes a week online, that's like 12 hours extra yoga than I was doing. Cause when I'm teaching, I'm, I'm not doing the whole class like I am now. Um, and so it's trying to find that balance between uh, teaching like doing enough yoga yourself but then also then also teaching yoga as well so what I think what's been the what's been the biggest thing that you've the change that you've noticed in terms of the shift of the the yoga industry to online 
um, other than just physically how much more yoga you're doing, what else have you, what's been positive and what's been negative about the way that it's changed to more of an online presence for you? So for myself, mm-hmm. um, I mean, this, this to have a, a platform that like I've created wasn't in the pipeline for me for a couple of years. It's definitely something that um, I, I had on the trajectory to, to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I guess, like timeline has, has really been pushed forward. But I have absolutely loved it. Mm. Um, and maybe because I myself have been practicing online with my teacher for a like solid two years now. Um, like did, you know, did some online stuff before that, but like purely online at home practice. I've been doing that for two years and I might have a sporadic class in studio, maybe once a fortnight, once a week, Mm. if I'm lucky. Um, so I've, I've loved the shift of, of going from student actively practicing online to teaching online. I've enjoyed it way more than I thought. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think that like, it's a, it's all about your your attitude and your perspective towards it. There's there's mm. so many positives as an individual for mm. you to go online. Like your reach is phenomenal. Um, well, it's the whole world as well, isn't it? You know, there's not there's not just a limit to your your postcode or your area code that you're in. You can you can teach to well. I've been coming to your classes, which is incredible that I've been able to come to classes that you've been putting online. Fair enough. I know they recorded it. So time zones, it's kind of, it does make it a little bit easier, but I find that it's given uh, the whole industry so much more accessibility in terms of how we practice. And I think you're so right. I think it's, it's been it's such a, I think it's, it can be such a positive and um, and what do you think is going to happen uh, when, start, when restrictions start to decrease? Do you think more people are going to continue to practice online or do you think it's going to kind of balance out again? Or do you think, yeah, you're like, yeah, fingers crossed because uh, it's been good financially for everyone. Has it for you? Uh, yeah, yeah, actually. I'm, I've been surprised that, um, when everything started to like kick off and obviously being self-employed uh, and now a foot like because I've stopped cutting hair um, I was like oh oh well if studios aren't open then like I'm losing out a considerable amount of money every month but actually if anything it's been the it's kind of almost been the opposite where I myself have been taking in more money f- through my own business rather than um, you know, like through a studio and then to me, there's been, there's definitely been an increase in, in terms of the uh, financial benefit to myself. And I've, I've definitely noticed a difference. So I have, yeah, I have to, I, yeah, I'll hold my hands up and say that I've actually probably done better in the last couple of months. And, um, but that's because I've been fairly proactive, I think. And the same with yourself, like you've been <laughs> in front of a camera every day. I can't believe you've agreed to do this Instagram TV. 
you're truly you're sick and tired of seeing your camera. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 different. I just I just kind of feel like I'm practicing slash teaching when it's you know it's it's different to an iPhone, but. Um, mm. Uh, yeah, I, I hope that people see the benefit of of practicing online. It 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 will not ever remove the need for in person classes and teaching, mm. and that's why we're we're teachers because we'll we'll never stop doing that. Um, but teaching online is such a remarkable way for a teacher to be, to have an online presence especially when when and if you find instagram a little bit icky mm. um and i and i have for a really long time resisted the whole having a yoga instagram account i i mean i only i only changed my name to amy Carmody yoga like not even six months ago it was like mm. this is a page for my adorable baby mm. <laughs> and my mates yeah. you know this isn't a, this isn't really a place for my practice and I <clears throat> kind of had to get get over that but you know my my website and my online classes that's that's like that was my chance to be like that's what I really feel comfortable doing mm. I'm I'm in my element I'm 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 teaching I'm delivering the classes I want to deliver um, you know, it's my style. It's it's purely for my students. It's it's educational. There's no yeah. filters. There's no music. There's no captions. It's like I'm doing what I feel like I'm like really rock solid at. The yoga stuff is mm. like, <laughs> I mean, sorry, the Instagram stuff is is hard. Uh, I find, mm. um, yeah. you know, I, I don't. It just it just doesn't come naturally to me like the the role of just 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 teaching does um mm. but but yeah coming back to your question of should should you know what will happen when we say post-covid like that statement is like at least 12 months just mm. because restrictions have lifted doesn't mean the virus is not going anywhere yeah um so you know i you know, there's, there's companies that are sort of their, their terminology of post COVID is like the next 12 to 24 months. Um, and I actually, not that I don't think you're allowed to have Instagram in China, but I did some digging <laughs> mm. and obviously restrictions have lifted over there. And so I kind of tried to find some Instagram accounts of studios in China and what it's looking like. And I actually came across one right in, um, I think it was um, Shanghai. And they were all um, six foot apart, the mats. Mm. And all students were practicing with masks on. Um, yeah. I know, and I was kind of looking at it and I was like, Who, who's going to... I mean, but we, I can't, you can't compare Australia and I don't yes. know about Scotland. You can't compare. It's just been a completely different experience here COVID wise. I don't think, mm. you know, we'd have to get to that point, but um, I was even chatting to a studio owner on the phone today about, um, you know, how, are, 
how are studio owners going to continue paying the yoga teachers their rate, especially if they've been teaching a long time and their rate is quite well, yeah. yet, mm. yet you're not allowed the same amount of volume of memberships. You're not allowed the same mm. amount of volume of bodies. Um, yeah. And I know that I think in, in Europe, and it might be different where you are, that, that the teacher gets paid per head. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're used to paying, like teaching 50 to 60 bodies, which, you know, at some studios, um, they are, you know, my, some of my classes are like that, um, that that's, that's not happening. <laughs> mm. Yeah, you're so right. I think, I think even, even though um, after, yeah, let's say post-COVID, because as you say, that's going to last for a long period of time, if everybody needs to be a certain distance away from each other, some of those studios I, that I've taught in, um, where our mats are maybe like this far apart, um, that's not going to happen. That's, that just can't happen. And I think even mm. even if it could happen, I think people's mindset of going to that is going to be so different. Like if, if as a student, if you think, if you're really feeling pretty anxious, for example, after all of this about going and spending time really close contact with people you know the chances are you're not going to want to go to a yoga studio and i feel like the online platform if you've created something that's really strong um i think that's going to be how a lot of people are just going to continue to practice because i've loved i've loved being able to practice with you i've done some classes with lara because i was uh like i saw saw that her online so i signed up to do her stuff um which is also solid (laughs) um (laughs) It's so good, and you know, it's, it's. I think it's giving people more of an opportunity to really take a, a choose, like who they really want to practice with, and, and yeah, yeah, and branch branch out, not not just mm. like, you know, if if you're in like a small town, um, you have the chance now, and there are some phenomenal teachers who mm. are predominantly online. Um, so, and, and they've been doing that way before COVID came along. Mm. Um, and another thing is that most yoga teachers are are kind of like contractors of sorts or casual employees. Yeah. And they're like, for me, for example, um, um, I was across five studios and Mm. so most of the time I would only see students twice a week because I'm across so many spaces. Um, And, you know, every single time I'd get, can you teach more classes at this studio? Can you teach more classes at this studio? And it's like, oh, you know, you're, you're, um, you're able now to have some of your students practice with you Mm. seven times a week. Yeah. Um, which is amazing. Um, but going on from, you know, bodies in the room, when, when, when we go back to teaching in a public class, um, we still won't be able to physically touch students. I no. assume we won't. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I beg, it begs the question of then, like, why not continue practising at home? Mm. Because a lot of my students will say something like, oh, I can't wait until um, I see you in person, then I can see if I'm 
you know, doing it correctly. And I just always write mm. back to those messages, film it and show me. Um, mm. You know, I even did that with M, the Emma who you had on the other day. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, she watched one of my IGTVs and she's like, oh, I think my scapulas are doing what you're saying they shouldn't be doing. And I'm mm. like, okay, film it. Um, and I, we had like nearly 10 videos backwards and forwards of me being like, keep your goddamn scapulas on your back. Um, yeah, it's, it's that, I think, I think you're so right. I think that's gonna, that's just gonna how it's gonna be. Um, and it's, it, it's scary to some people, I think, that it's, that it's gonna change like that, but the, there's no way that it's gonna go back to how it was before. It can't, possibly. I was fairly, so as a, as a yoga teacher, and this is a completely different topic altogether, I'm fairly hands off. Um, I think that in adjustments and stuff, I mean, just I think that partially comes from uh, being a man in a, in a pretty heavy female-based environment. I think you just need to do one thing wrong just slightly and you can be you can be ostracized and said one thing about you. So I'm fairly I'm fairly hands off anyway. Um, but I think for yeah, things like hands on adjustment, like people aren't gonna want you to touch them. No way. Like I know so many people that are gonna be like, Don't come, don't come near me, like don't come within like this much space of me, you know. So I think it'll be interesting to see how how that shifts, you know. So yeah, that's COVID. Yeah, I mean, like, and that's that's a bit of the reason as to why I, I stopped working before all the shutdowns happened because um, I do assist and, mm. um, you know, I, I kind of felt like I had to walk around with my hands behind my back. I was like, don't, don't touch anybody's, like, um, so that I had to be very, very conscious of that. Not that... Not that I can't be a solid teacher without it, um, but um, I've just had some great kind of hands-on training in, in terms of assisting mm. people. Um, and, you know, you, you always ask for consent first, but um, especially if, if I'm having a private with a student and they have, they've paid me well for that, that time, um, it's hands-on the whole time um so yeah it just it just forces you as a teacher to become very clear with um your cueing mm. because you know and and that's that's probably a good thing for you um yeah it's it's tricky yeah. as a young male good-looking um, has charisma. What else can I say mm. about you? You've got a I mean, delicious well, this accent. Is what, this, this is this is what um, this is what it was like last week with Em. We were talking about Patrick Beach, and then she was like, "Yeah, but you know that's what people think about you." So this is why I'm doing the podcast. It's just to get constant uh, beautiful feedback from from people. Praise. No, it's it is it's it's a it's a <laughs> yeah exactly. It's a it's such a like I. I <clears throat> It's a, it's a very delicate topic, uh, hands-on adjustments. But yeah, it like um, I don't one hundred percent feel like comfortable. <clears throat> I used to, I used to adjust, 
And then I thought about it and I was like, why, why, like, what am I actually doing? And because I've not had that much hands-on adjustment training, I don't feel super comfortable with it. And as I say, like, you don't know, you don't know what someone's past is. You, you don't know how, what their experiences have been. So as a, as a, as a guy, um, I definitely opt to be more hands off. Um, but that's, that's just, that's just me. And that's just how I feel about it. Um, and it has, it's forced me to be um, a little bit stronger with my vocal cueing. Um, so mm. actually, it's kind of got its plus side, I guess, to some extent. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm more hands off, I would say. Yeah, we had this, we had this, I mean, it comes up pretty much in every training that I did, but the last training mm. um, that I did at the start of the year, we we're kind of talking about this because there was a big article in the New York Times about it. Um, and a friend, a really good friend of mine that I work with um, had an old student from another, uh, another state called him crying, saying that she felt like she was getting signals from her male yoga teacher that, he liked her, so she asked him out on a date, and he was mm -hmm. he said no i i don't you know i don't one date students and i don't feel that way about you and she was mortified because she felt that his assists were very very suggestive, so mm. it's God, it's such a big it's, topic. <laughs> it's a huge, it's a huge, it's a huge topic. Um, I just wouldn't want to be, I just wouldn't want to be remembered for doing, for doing the wrong thing. So, or for doing really suggestive <laughs> hands-on adjustments. I think sometimes it's just this, this, space and i've even had it in classes <clears throat> where i've been adjusted and by a by a by a female teacher and i've been like mm, that was a weird that was a weird adjustment uh, i don't really know what you were doing or why you were doing that that was really odd and just sometimes i just get this really weird vibe especially when you're in a really female orientated environment which come on let's face it and as much as jackson's doing inhale exhale lift off your shoulder blades there's still going to be more women in the room you know <laughs> so i think it's i think it's you're in a very vulnerable situation on both sides defense and um, i think just like communication is important and uh, a real understanding of why you're doing it or what you're doing it for <laughs> yeah and i think too that more so if it's the opposite sex you got to have some rapport and a relationship with that person. Um, yeah. Otherwise, you know, some, some of my assists with students that I know very well, it's like, you know, I even go down the, the path of, and I've, I've, I, I, I don't have done a lot of training this in, in, in when I went to Miami and, and did some stuff with Kelly Starrett. Um, he, he was so kind of, we did, you know, we manipulated the tissues with our hands. That was more mm. mobility 
stuff. So, um, yeah, God, like I think, you know, um, I met Jackson through his sister. His little sister comes to, um, she, she was coming to my classes and, and you know, she said, you sh you'd like this teacher. And then anyway, a friend of his bought privates with me for his, his birthday. Um, but, you know, you definitely don't have your hand up a top doing a, an assist until you are kind of like, hey, are you open to this? You know, what's the background? Mm. But yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a big topic. <laughs> massive, <laughs> massive topic. And so one of the, one of the things that I, I really, really wanted to speak to you about, just because from a, from a teaching perspective, I'm, I'm always really interested in um, sequencing. And uh, I want to talk to you about how, well, firstly, the fact that you probably had to sequence about 50 times more classes than you would have normally, because I presume that you maybe teach a similar class for the, a week or whatever. That's, that's how I teach normally. Um, but I'm finding that I'm having to, and I'm not teaching as much as you are, or not doing as much classes as you. Um, how are you finding sequencing for online? And what's your sequencing? How, how do you sequence a class? <laughs> yeah, so I figured out that, yeah, because I'm across about four to five studios, I, I pretty much teach the same class mm. once a week. Like I'll, you know, on, on the on the weekend, I'll I'll design one class, um, and then I might kind of change one anatomical or biomechanic aspect to it, so that you know, instead of it being a, a hip extension focus practice, we're focusing rotation. Like you can just sort of like tweak it here and there. Mm -hmm. um, and then I used to teach an advanced class on a Sunday. And, and so I'd really kind of um, do two a week. Um, I would teach something different for that advanced class. Mm -hmm. And I think we just filmed something like our 70th class this week. I was like, that's like a year's worth of classes in the last mm. like seven, eight weeks. Yeah, um, wow. yeah it's, it's been really, really tough. Um, but if there's any yoga teachers listening, you've got to be, you've got to have a very specific way in which you sequence that works for you. So not everyone's going to sequence the way that I sequence. Um, mm -hmm. So I kind of write down the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and definitely now, like it wasn't like this at the start, it was just kind of like, go, 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 get as many as my classes up as I can. But I will relatively have a similar class on that day. So like the Sunday might be um, like a little bit more mellow or slow. And mm -hmm. a Monday is, I try to make it a little bit more like, get it done, snappy, it's shorter in length, get moving. Um, and then Tuesdays we might do spinal extension. Um, Wednesdays is more um, like that beginner friendly. Thursdays is rotation. Fridays mm. is mobility. Like it sort of, sort of follows like that kind of okay, theme. Cool. Mm. Um, or, or, you know, you could do it like um, Mondays is, is 
glutes, Tuesdays is more core, Wednesdays is shoulders, um, Thursdays is um, the neck. I've kind of mm. followed a, a rhythm like that. Um, but then there is also a very specific way in which I teach my class and it's kind of evolved over the last few years and especially the training that I've done with, with Lara. Mm-hmm. But for years before that, it was always, and I, when I used to mentor young teachers, you have the introduction. So the introduction section, mm-hmm. you have the, um, the, kind of um, begin movement, so up off the ground, which peaks into the body of the class. And then it kind of, the, the coming down, down mm. into the belly aspect. So it kind of always followed a rhythm like that. Um, but now it's a little bit uh, more complicated and intelligent than that. Mm. It's... Um, the non-negotiable reset, so the floor work, mm. which takes you into like a, a sun cell one, which is very like traditional hatha sun cell yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now it kind of goes, um, and, and I laugh at this because Jackson's like, I figured you out, I figured out how you sequence. I know, I know how it comes. Mm. It's, like I, have an, I have an idea because it's so there's so many times I've done your classes now I feel like I kind of of the online classes anyway I feel like I know the I know what to, I, I I know how it's going to go I'm not going to yeah, say you know what to expect yeah yeah, yeah and and the, I think that's actually quite nice for a student is that mm. um yeah they kind of know the rhythm of the class so it goes sequence one sun cell mm-hmm. sequence two maybe sequence three and then mm-hmm. you you put all of those sequences together mm. um and that's big i wouldn't encourage new teachers to teach like that because if especially if i teach a 60 minute class i fit a lot in mm. um and I just, I, I go straight into it. I don't sit and, and talk much and sort of, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't oh, do it's funny. On, I on, Yeah, on my notes, when I, when I was right, thinking about, right, what am I going to speak to Amy about? And I said sequencing, I put in brackets, you don't fuck about. <laughs> just straight in, like just, boom, here we go. But I think there's something really nice about that as well, because you feel like even if you are only doing a 30-minute class or even a 25-minute class, I feel like you've, you, you can notice a significant difference in how your body feels. But I think because of the way that you teach is so intelligent, you, you, like, you can kind of get everything in, in a 30 minute period that I wouldn't think was possible in even a 60 minute class. Because I would think like, oh, well you need 75, uh, 90 minute class. To, but you can actually, I feel significantly different from even doing a 30 minute class with you. Um, yeah, and and I love um, I love that sort of thirty to forty five minute mm. um, time, especially at, at at when you're doing a home practice, um, because you can get so much done in thirty to forty five minutes. And I think that an, a, another reason why I began to sort of move more in that direction is 
one, I became a mom and it was like, I've got like babies asleep. Mm. Let's go. Um, I wanted to try and get as much in as I could. And so I just became really efficient. Mm. And then, and it's so helpful to become an efficient teacher because that's always the, the thing with teachers is they're looking at the clock and like, fuck, I've got five minutes and I haven't mm. even done pigeon yet. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, but number two is we, we have to remember that some people are coming to class and they have been sitting all day long. They've, they've got to move. Um, and I, it's lovely those classes you go to where you start seated and there's breath work and meditation. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm just, I'm just not one of those, those teachers. I'm, I'm a, I'm a movement teacher and that's my thing. And, um, you know, the, the training that I've done with Lara is that the, the core work at the start with the breath, there's, there's, it's, it's more complicated than it seems the way a sequence. Like if you, if I was to really break it down with you and go over you, it, would, it, it kind of, it, it really blows your mind that it, there's, there's breath retention. Um, there's, there's so much to it. Um, mm. But the, at the end of the day, when, when people are paying to do your classes, like be efficient, be intelligent and get them moving because yeah, for me, I have to remember that it's not, it's, um, it's not a meditation class. People are coming to me for a very specific style. Mm. Um, and my style is like, get it going. Get it Have done. a party. <laughs> yeah. And I, 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 think, I think a lot of people, well, obviously, a lot of, you've got, you know, lots of people love that. Um, like, I want to talk to you about <clears throat> uh, resets and why... And how long have you been doing a reset at the start of class? <clears throat> hmm. Um, okay, so, so resets are um, from the lit training, Lara Hyman. Mm -hmm. I started doing them um, nearly three years ago myself. Um, and... I pretty much, since I came home from, uh, came back to teaching from my mat leave, uh, I started to, to implement them in mm -hmm. um, because they were so beneficial to me. Um, but I felt uh, a little bit resistant for a while teaching it how I do now because I was like, oh, you know, chucking, chucking in like, pretty full on core work and a dolphin at the beginning of the class is, is, um, Ooh, that's a bit controversial. Mm. Um, but now that I've gone through the training and the study, it's like, it's very, it's for a very specific reason. Um, and that is to establish that neutral pelvis and neutral spine before you even do a sun cell. So Lara, my teacher, her, she did her physical therapy, um, her degree. She specialised in, in um, patients who had had strokes. And during all of her study and research, 
and the physical therapy she was doing with the stroke victims was you get them on all fours as soon as possible. You get them bearing mm. weight on all fours on the ground as soon as possible. Um, and if anyone was to ever do her training, she takes it back to our developmental stages that the, the crawling stage of our life is mm -hmm. so unbelievably crucial for, for not just um, motor skills and, and physical development, but for brain development. Mm -hmm. And that's why once you've had a stroke, you've got to put weight on your hands and your legs as quickly as possible. Mm. So that's how she created the reset was that she started noticing um, the improvement that her stroke victims were having. And then, and because she was a yoga teacher on the side, she was like, hmm, why, why don't I start doing this quadruped? So it's mainly it was like all fours, tabletop, Mm -hmm. some people know it as tabletop or quadruped she was like i wonder if if i started doing this style of of work in yoga classes what would happen um so she took some of the things she was doing with her stroke victims and took them into the yoga classes and just saw a huge shift and huge development in the way that people were carrying like this core mm. containment mm. basically like okay, let's, let's learn how to crawl and then we'll learn how to um, do the rest. And, you know, a lot of people are coming into a yoga class not in neutral, not in a neutral pelvis, not in a mm. neutral spine. Um, so you can't, it's, it's unfair to expect them to find that throughout the class if you haven't, let them establish it or find it at the beginning of class. Mm. It's, it, it's been, um, so I've done a lot of yoga in the last, since the lockdown, a lot, like every, one of your class every day. And then also all my own classes. <clears throat> and since I came to your class, eh, the very first class I came to when I was in Melbourne the first time. So I came to yoga. Mm. <clears throat> And I remember coming out from, from the class and being like, what, what just happened? What was the last, what on earth is that? <clears throat> and since then, it, it, like, cause you were teaching neutral pelvis then as well. I've been, I took that into, into my teaching and I've noticed a massive difference just in my own body with just having that, um, much more understanding of, of how your pelvis is positioned and it's, it affects me all the time. So throughout the day, I'll be like, Oh, how is, how am I, how am I right now? Like, where am I sitting? And it always, it always affects the rest of my spine. And that's, I think the biggest thing, having done so much core work with you recently and uh, doing some flowers classes, I feel like my entire spine has like, like gone like this my shoulders feel better like i feel taller which is good when you're as short as me because you need to like get as high as possible and i feel like that's something that that's like that's huge you know like when you um when you have that ability to be able to actually make people's whole body feel so much better throughout the entire day not just like an hour after the class or whatever 
Um, so thank you for making my spine feel taller. <laughs> That's coming from a show. Oh, you're, you're welcome. Your, girl, your girlfriend also told me that your bod's looking. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I, I, um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, and that's not, we're not, this is not what we're on this podcast to t- talk about, but uh, yeah, physically, physically I'm uh, much stronger. I've noticed a huge difference around like serratus anterior and all of my oblique <laughs> muscles. Yeah, like that's been, that's been the big, so like I've always kind of had pretty strong abdominal muscles, but this part of my body has gotten so much stronger and when I I can really feel it when we're in inhale exhale off the shoulder blades twist I'm like way higher way stronger and I feel much more like zipped right through the middle of me and yeah do you know why because that's that's your that's your core people people's main sort of quick thought of what the core is, is the abdominals in the stomach. Mm. Um, and those, you know, my, my subscribers know that the core is everything except your limbs. It is mm. from neck to pelvic floor. So the mm. fact that you're saying, you know, those internal, external oblique, serratus anterior, they are such huge core muscles. Mm. Um, it does. It's it's, my, my, it's made my um, uh, my whole torso feels much more cont- like as one. So like I yeah. feel I feel like a basket. My my whole this part of me feels like a basket, and then my arms and my legs are just like waving around. But this this part of me feels stronger, and I think that's really affected how my I think that's why my spine feels so much better because I'm more like everything is much more contained. And it's just, it, it's, it, I didn't think that I would be able to feel so strong um, just from doing that kind of work. I thought I had to like, you know, get really strong from going to the gym or whatever, but doing that kind of stuff has been amazing. So, yeah. I know it's, it's, it's quite remarkable when you've potentially been doing, you know, yoga for, for many years and then all of a sudden, you know, if you meet, come across a teacher who's, who's teaching in a, in a different way, which sometimes comes with a lot of resistance. Like I remember when you first did my class, like, oh, how'd you go? And you're like, oh, I, I've, I've been doing a lot of yin training. So that was quite different. And I was like, oh, <laughs> sorry. Um, mm. You know, there can be resistance to when you start um, implementing new ways to move. Um, mm. But holy shit, I can't say, like, I totally feel what you're saying because um, after I had my, my son, um, uh, I, I, just, I just never thought I would feel the way I do now. And, and my body feels completely different too. Um, and, and normally over the years, the only time I've ever tasted or tapped into that strength is, is through strength training. Um, you know, but, but my proximal core strength is far superior now to what it was when I was competing in CrossFit um, because I've got mm. so much more um, stability um, and ability to control my movements and there's so much emphasis in the yoga world 
to, um, oh, there's, no, I correct that. There's not enough emphasis on your ability to stabilize the trunk and move the limbs. Mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. you'll see it in almost all Instagram videos that even when someone lifts their arms to go into Hastasana, the pelvis tips and the spine bends, there's like this inability mm -hmm. to, to keep the, the core's job, it's just so simple, is to be stiff. It's to be mm -hmm. stiff. It's the core isn't um, so much a mover, it's a stabilizer. Mm -hmm. So that when you go to turn around in the car and grab something at the back seat, your limb moves and you rotate the spine, the core's job is to, oh, gotcha, I'm stiff, I, I can keep you safe. Um, and I think that, mm. you know, for so long, so many people have been practicing yoga um, without that. It's actually yeah. probably been making it um, worse, their ability to stiffen. You know, that's when you put it down to simply like the core is really complex, but its job is to stiffen. Um, mm. And if it's, if, if it's not, if you're not able to do that in your day-to-day -day movements, I mean, like, isn't that why, like, how many percentage of people have lower back pain and, and pelvic instability and, and neck pain is because, simply put, the core doesn't stiffen. Mm. Um, so that's, like, that's an issue with way too many bodies so mm. so for me in my classes my motto is always what do the majority need okay do it every class and I, I I've kind of had other teachers say to me before like um don't you feel like like students will get bored starting the same way or you know it's really predictable like you start you start every single class in a low bridge. Um, aren't you afraid that students will get sick of that? No. <laughs> One, because I know it works. Yeah. Two, um, when people consistently stick with me and, and, and practice like that, as you said, like it's the, the changes are so positive in so many ways why why change something that's working <laughs> like you know we have to remember as as yoga teachers we're not entertainers mm. we're not performers and we're not entertainers where I, I would say most importantly is we're educators yeah. Um, and people have, you know, keep it simple, keep it familiar, but have an intelligent sequence sequencing pattern that enables you to easily change and adapt and make it enough of a, a variation where people are like, you know, even myself, I've filmed like 70 classes, but they all have a, a similar thread. Mm. Um, and, and for me, like, 
as a student and as a teacher, I will never, I don't think I'll ever get bored teaching nor practicing like that mm. because the, me the method works. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it, it has been, it's such a different way of, of practicing all of the classes that I attended before they have a very specific sequence sectioning, like just like you were saying, but there seems to be a lot of like, I'm going to call it faffing about. Um, and I just like how simple and strong uh, your classes are. They're not, they're not overly complex in terms of their uh, flows or they're, they're, they're fairly structured. And, and, and I know that, that um, a lot of people agree with me that they can follow them very easily. <clears throat> and that's been, that's awesome. I think that's why it translates to online teaching so well as well. Because like, like you can't teach mm. a really flowy, you can't teach a really flowy flow <laughs> on uh, on Zoom or on online. It just doesn't it just doesn't work as well. So strong and slow, I think, is like much uh, more effective, and it translates to an online. Um, yeah, I could talk to you for hours about that. Um, mm. But we should probably answer some questions that people through in. I don't know how long we've got left because IG Live bans us after a... Shit, that went fast. Yeah, that was, uh, that was quick. So let's try and fire through these questions fast. If IG Live kicks us off, at least we're recording on Zoom so we can carry on talking, but uh, we might have to just speak on Zoom. It might be a long podcast for people to listen to, but it's an interesting one. Um, so rapid fire, because this might... Uh, it'll tell me when it's got two minutes left. Um, Let's start with the question about, uh, I have a fear of handstands that aren't, that I don't have the wall behind me. So what are your tips on getting rid of the wall? Um, <laughs> or is it as simple as just get rid of the wall? <laughs> no, I'm not against the wall to be honest. I know a lot of teachers are, but um, uh, if someone has a fear, I, I try not to, diminish that because fears are very real. Um, and I actually can't relate to that at all because I guess uh, as a kid I danced and I cartwheeled and handstand. Mm. I, never, I never stopped doing it. So that's never been a fear of mine. So, and, and because I can't relate to it, uh, I'm, I'm not quick to remove that crutch from someone. Um, but, Mine would be to sort of lean into the fear that it's, it's all right to feel like that because as, as adults, like you have to ask yourself as an adult, when was the last time you stood on your hands um, mm. without your feet? It's not very normal. <laughs> um, yeah. So to use, to use the wall is okay. Don't see it as a negative thing. Um, but to do the work, to do the groundwork and, and start trusting yourself a little bit more, like really back yourself. Mm. Um, and, and if, if you're doing the work and, and, and putting in the time to consistently grow that strength, um, then I think you just, you just have to go away from the wall when you feel ready. Um, I would suggest going out to the park getting on grass or soft sand at the beach 
so that the impact of if and when you fall mm. isn't on something like, um, you know, in your kitchen where there's a bench top in the way. Like you just want to have the space around you because you'll mm. fall. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I, um, I can relate to this. Uh, in a class <laughs> about probably about within the first year of me practicing, this was one of my favorite teachers and we did handstands loads in his classes like handstand hops and uh, <laughs> we he said right if, if you if you want do some handstands and I actually got up for the first for the first time I was I was like up and I was like oh my god and I absolutely shit myself at the top and I just kept so this is how I jumped I jumped up and then I went straight over the top. And because I was at the front of the class, the wall was just far enough away from me that I could get enough momentum. And I put my heel through the wall. The heel, <laughs> the heel, of, my, the heel of my foot went through the wall in front of probably like 25 people in the studio. And uh, so I can massively relate to that. And I don't think that the studio ever said why. <laughs> why? Uh, there's a hole in the wall, uh, I'm sure people from Edinburgh will know which studio I'm talking about. Um, so is that your fear? Like you're not actually afraid of going upside down, you're just afraid of falling again? This, Were you embarrassed? Yeah, same, not actually, you know, this, I get asked that quite a lot. We've got two minutes left. I get asked that quite a lot, but I, uh, nah, I actually wasn't embarrassed. I just kind of laughed because I was just like, but I think I was also a little bit like in shock because I really put my foot, <laughs> like I put it through the plaster and, it's, and it was still there for a long period of time. Um, so yeah. Um, so yeah, it's true. I really did put my foot through a wall in a studio. Uh, that was a great moment for my yoga journey. Uh, I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. In this next section, uh, Amy and I discuss uh, how the standards of teacher trainings. 200 hour styles has changed. Uh, enjoy it. So what, what are my thoughts on the quality of teacher trainings at the moment? Um, some are great. Some are shithouse. Mm. Um, the, the, way I, the, the way I sort of see it is that most, most people that are going to go do their 200 hours and teach in a studio in, um, be it Australia, America or Europe, will be teaching predominantly based asana classes. Would you agree? Mm -hmm. So yep. their yoga 200 hour training, that's, you know, if they want to do meditation and pranayama training on the side, um, predominantly they're becoming a yoga teacher that is asana orientated. So you're teaching a very large demographic of different bodies, body types, how to move. You should have, I won't say should, you would want to have a fucking brilliant 
idea of anatomy mm. but not just like that's my humerus that's my glenohumeral joint that's my scapula that's you know, applied anatomy like how how does how does the human body move and um you know not not to like put that as like a huge expectation you should know you should have a you should have a rough idea mm. um because you're we're putting we're putting people in in positions that are most of the time quite um different to what their daily movement requires mm. You know, if you were to look at like the real generalized um, 2020 body person, and I would say it's more so America than Australia and um, the United Kingdom is like, they wake up, they hop in the car or hop on the train, they go work their nine to five job, they come home, they watch Netflix and then they go to bed. You know, they might do like, a few classes a week but there's like a huge predominance of sitting mm. so the the human body doesn't actually require like a crazy amount of of varied movement these days to get through life but then you come and bring them into a yoga class and it's like spinal extension spinal flexion hip extension hip flexion rotation um, and in some cases in quite e extreme ways mm. in heat. Um, so just to, just my thoughts on the trainings is that there's not enough emphasis on, um, on anatomical education and that's not to say that the other parts of the yoga isn't important because we cover that in a 200 hour, the philosophy, you know, the, the, the history of yoga. But at the end of the day, we have to remember that you lacking philosophy isn't going to injure someone. Yeah. This, um, yeah, that's a that's a big thing. I would completely agree that less, <clears throat> hardly any people, hardly anyone has a good understanding of uh, functional anatomy and anatomical awareness. <clears throat> Myself included, after my two endeavor, and it's only been recently since I've dived more into functional anatomy training uh, that I have a better understanding of people's bodies and that's mm. that's a huge thing and you're so right just because you uh, know all about the you know hatha yoga <laughs> patanjali's books um doesn't mean you know you're not going to injure someone and there's nothing wrong with knowing all of the philosophy either because that's a really important part yeah it's so it's so important but but yeah, I think just as, as brand new teachers going out there, um, you know, and I think the ways you can get, a, get, a, get around that is like um, have a higher standard of, of who is 
potentially entering the, the course or the training um, in terms of prerequisites, mm. be it the amount of time you've been practicing yourself or the amount of reading that's required to, to enter the course. Um, but, you know, I think that I, I think we have to come to terms with that most, most 200 hour teachers are going to go out and teach asana classes. Um, so why not just like, why not make the 200 hour be predominantly about that? Um, and make it really top notch. So like, you know, really teach them how to sequence, really teach them how to make anatomy fun, um, you know, get their heads more clear and, and wrapped around, you know, the biomechanics of the human body. Mm. Um, and, you know, just kind of like own that, make it about that. And then maybe their 500 hours or their extracurricular can be about, um, you know, going through the, the history and the, the philosophy because, um, yeah, as I said, like your, your lack of, of philosophy isn't going to, you know, hurt someone who may be coming in with an ACL and you're like, oh, I've got no idea what they should or shouldn't be doing. Um, so I think that, I think the standards, um, yeah, they, they need to be set higher. Um, they're too short, way too short. A two, two to four week turnaround to become a yoga teacher is, is mind blowing in my eyes. Yeah, and it's, it's <clears throat> I mean, it, it, it all stemmed from the, like this massive boom, and especially in America, I think it was. Um, where they needed to where studios were getting so busy that they just needed to produce teachers really fast and then everything became standardized and the yoga alliances started 200 hour trainings were then accessible for people because it got teachers out quite quickly and going into a profession on a four-week course as you said like you can't you can't become an english teacher from doing 200 hours of work so why is it that we say that you can become a yoga teacher, which is more dangerous <laughs> than an English teacher, but you do, it in, you do it in 200 hours, which is not a lot of time. Like when you actually think about how short 200 hours is, it's not long at all. Um, oh God, I think back to when I graduated, I like I knew nothing, knew nothing. <laughs> I, and I see it a lot now, as someone who's got like a couple of years under the belt. So I'm still a relatively new teacher, but I see so many, so many teachers in the UK definitely who have done a 200 hour training, who teach like they've done thousands of hours and um, saying a lot of things that I question. <laughs> and I think that, that, as you say, that needs to change. That stems from their training itself. Oh, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm a decade down and I'm still trying to um, abandon the, because it, I, was, I was told to use that cue or that's what I heard repeatedly as a student, so I'll use it. Like, you know, if you don't 
well, maybe you do and you're lucky if you are, but you don't become like a critical thinker as a teacher until time passes and you, you get more hours under your belt. You get a variety of different teachers and you start questioning like, the fuck does that cue even mean? Like, that's, that's, that's actually, hang on, let me really think about it. Oh, wow, that's making actually someone's shoulder bursitis worse. Mm-hmm. Um, you like... You, you know, even the really smart teachers and the, you, you just, you, just you, you question everything, not out of fear of like, you just question of, does that work for me in my body? Or is, you know, what she's saying, um, like, is that true? Because there's, there's, sometimes the yoga industry reminds me of the diet industry there's so much fucking bullshit. <laughs> There's so many things that have just like passed down like Chinese whispers where today it's like there is like incredible physical therapists and physios and brilliant movement-based people going like, ooh, like you guys have got to like, you've got years of undoing of like saying the wrong thing or encouraging the wrong thing. Um, There's so many cues that people, I spoke about this, um, I can't remember if I spoke with Emma or with Dougal, but so many people just say things because they hear them. And that's, that's not their fault. That's not, that's not the, t- the teacher's fault. They just don't know differently. And I did that, um, but now I question. We probably, probably all still do it to a certain degree. Like, like, isn't that a part of learning? Like you have learned something and, and you take that on and then, you know, and then you might be like, oh, I haven't actually questioned that and, and, and sat with that and felt if that's true for me or not. Um, I always think but, it's... Um, Teaching a class is like giving a like a TED talk or uh, you know like a PowerPoint thing at school. You wouldn't put something, you wouldn't say something out loud <clears throat> in your talk if you didn't one hundred percent know why. Like if you're doing a talk, you wouldn't say something and not know why you were saying it because you're putting it out to the world to hear. So now, whenever I say anything in class, <laughs> and I'll catch myself sometimes, I'll say something and then. It, I have to, after the class, find out if what I said was correct or not. And so do you think that's, this is the last question. I've kept you long enough. This is a long podcast. And are you, as a training, is that the next thing for you, running a training program? Yeah, I was was actually supposed to um, begin writing a manual in... March okay. um, and actually ha- I had a phone call with the the lady who I'm doing the 200 app I mean we're I guess we're calling it a 200 hour but not really um, I'm the the yoga alliance and and things like that um, their idea of standards is is baffling in my eyes so um, I I, I, I wouldn't run a training that is yoga alliance accredited because it's um, I don't believe in it yeah. that their, their definition of what makes a teacher is um, not good enough in my eyes. 
Um, so I wouldn't really follow their standards. Um, but yes, I am writing a 200 hour manual um, in hopes for that to be in 2021. Cool. And interesting enough, before all the COVID stuff happened, I said to her, um, you know, I want, I want a portion of it to be online. Um, so I think that's exciting that mm. now that everyone is, is more familiar and a little bit more engaged in the online community, that we can have a, a training that will be part in person, part online. Because, you know, having, having the ability to do things online is just the way of the future. It's very convenient. Mm. Um, but I never want to remove the importance of, of being in the same space as your teacher. Um, I'm currently doing a 200-hour purely online. Um, but I like the idea of having some of the components in person. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm really excited and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of happy that it doesn't have that, um, the kind of traditional accreditation to it because, um, you know, it meets, it meets what, what I believe and feel true to be standards of a 200 hour teacher. Mm. Mm. That's amazing. That's that'll be a, a incredible, uh, incredibly interesting to see what you do with that. Thanks. Yeah. And um, last thing to say is, Amy, where can people find you? Instagram, website, all of that. My Instagram is Amy Carmody Yoga, and that has a link to my online platform, which has a yoga class uploaded every single day, and the videos are saved into your library. There's um, nearly 60 classes up already, um, and there's very exciting things in the future for that platform. Um, yeah, we've got a surprise June 1st. Sick. Go and yeah. check. She is uh, a really incredible teacher. Changed the way that I've practiced, the way that I teach. And yeah, thank you so much, Amy. I really appreciate your time and enjoy the rest of your evening. I'm going to stop. Uh, so yeah, thank you so much. And thanks for listening, everyone. Let's... A huge thank you to Amy. Just a wisdom of knowledge and I could have kept on talking to her for a long period of time. Um, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did and we'll see you for the next episode. <laughs>